it's difficult to say like my one purpose, but I think that if it's kind of on the business side of things, it's like making the good guys win. Come on, come on, let's have it. Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast with your hosts, Callum Weber and Jacob Ingamgore. Here we are then. So we're back with the Freedom Lifestyle podcast. We have a very special guest on today. I'm very, very grateful. This is another guest that I actually met at EMC, a business event at the start of December in 2022. His name is Tom Breeze, and he was actually one of the speakers at the event on the first day. And he owns a massive YouTube agency as well. So I'm going to flip it straight over to you, Tom. If you flip back to like when your entrepreneurial journey started and then obviously, and then fast forward to where you are today, Tom. Yeah, good question. Okay, cool. So when I first got started, um, I suppose if I rewind the clock quite a bit, then um, I was at university studying psychology, uh, absolutely loved psychology so I was like out of all my mates that were at uni I think I was the only one who actually enjoyed <laughs> their subject matter uh which is quite cool um so yeah so I, I mean I say I loved it I love it as much as you can you know when you're kind of partying most nights and stuff like that so um and then um after then I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do so I decided to then um go and um do my master's because that was like I, I got like a two one and um and literally didn't know what to do I was like okay cool I can't work with anybody yet and then um what my dream was at that point was to go and do become a sports psychologist for Chelsea but then I realized I had to do another six years worth of education I was like oh okay (laughs) I need to earn some money at some point um and uh so I did my master's but at that time I got kind of employed by a company to kind of start doing some more psychology work so to speak and work with some people and some groups and teams and things like that so started down that route and uh then um finished my masters and uh got qualified in nlp and timeline therapy and hypnotherapy and all these different disciplines that you can use with psychology and worked um Jacob just got excited in, when you said about nlp yeah and then i started doing some uh, work in london i was living in london at the time and um i thought okay should i go and try and get a job with a therapist practice or something like that um didn't know really where to go and I was like looking at sports areas as well because that was kind of like where my passion was at the time and then um my I'm lucky because I come from a quite an entrepreneurial family so my dad um runs his own firm an accountancy firm um my brother runs a recruitment company um and um they kind of set the path for me so to speak on entrepreneurship I didn't think it was going to be like didn't just didn't didn't strike me as like a really difficult thing to do and I was already in a mountain of debt from uni so I was like well what if all goes wrong I just got a bit more debt to pay <laughs> it's like that's fine um and um and so I kind of um at that point realized that I started my own company I built a, I didn't build a website I got a buddy of mine to kind of he was a bit of a techie to create a website for me really basic just to kind of explain who I was and then a contact form um and uh, yeah, tried to do some PR and that type of stuff because I was just using friends and what resources there were out there and uh, didn't really get anything happening. Uh, did a load of work with Yellow Pages to try and get my name out there. Again, nothing. Paid a fortune for that. Um, and then I um, I was really lucky because because I started a new company and they had my address, Google uh, sent me a voucher or like a, a credit in the, in the post of £30 for Google spend. And, um, at the time Google wasn't even my preferred search engine. It was Yahoo at the time. So kind of, it was quite a while back. Um, and, uh, the, 
So I kind of um, tried to work out how to run a Google ad and figured it out. It wasn't too complicated and kind of just put a, a message up. And really what I was getting good at was helping people with anxiety. Um, and I decided to think, right, if I'm in London, the biggest anxiety most people have is like, then the stuff that I could help with would be with people like who would have like a public speech to do or a big meeting. Or, it's like that presentation anxiety, you know. Um, and, um, so I ended up at that point realizing that the way to do this was to kind of run an ad saying, Hey, if you've got the fear of public speaking, contact us and we should have a session, so to speak. And, um, I put my first ad up, got two phone calls and closed them both for about 500 pounds each. I was like, Oh my word, this is how we do it. And, uh, and from there I didn't really look back. I was like, right, just keep on feeding the machine and put some more money into the ad account and got more money back out kind of immediately like the phone just started ringing i was like ah this is what business is like it's so much easier than i thought um and um i did that no joke for about two years and just filled up the diary made a load of money and I, I didn't know the business sense at the time to work out that it didn't have to be me doing everything all the time so i'm um, very profitable but very very busy and i was lucky that I was in my 20s still to be able to have the energy to do it <laughs> um and uh that's kind of where it got started and then i did a lot of work in that area did some groups um to do like some public speaking groups and stuff. And um, then I um, I did like a, a video on my website to try and get back in front of the database that I built from all these people that wanted to overcome anxiety of public speaking. Did a video, put it out to this whole list and um, sold this workshop over a weekend. And then um, the um, two of the people that were on that event for the weekend uh, were business owners. And they were like, how did you do that video on your website? That's really cool. And it was really difficult for me to do it. It took me like over a hundred takes easy to try and create this video. Um, and then even just the tech of getting it off a camcorder into like, the internet and then, and then uh, having that embedded on my website, that was like just so difficult at the time, but managed to work it out, ran ads to that page that had the video on it, converted like crazy. Um, and, uh, and then, um, yeah, as I say, the business owners came up to me at the end of day one and said, how do you do that video stuff? And so I showed them and I helped people over, like start videoing themselves because it was starting to become more of a thing in the corporate workplace. And uh, everyone loved it. And um, and then people were like, well, what do we do with these videos? How do we get on our website? So I kind of showed them that. And then before I knew it, I was um, basically showing them how I run ads to my videos and then um, how to close business off the back of it. And um, and kind of it started snowballing into me doing it for them, getting it, getting paid to do it, um, on a monthly fee. And I had no intention to build an agency at that time. It just kind of started snowballing into this thing where I started <laughs> teaching people, here's how you do a video and here's how you put some money behind it. And then we'll just keep on going. Right. And, uh, then I started doing some SEO services around those videos that we we're creating. And before we knew it, um, I was team members doing the editing, the team members writing scripts. I was doing some ad buying and then hiring ad buyers. And yeah, I kind of woke up one day. I was like, oh crap, we've got an agency here. <laughs> and so I didn't have like a clear path to be like, I want to build an agency. It's just that that was the journey that um, I kind of found myself on and meandered into that world. Um, and uh, and yeah, so far, like so good. Like we've, we've built a good agency. We've got a great team. Um, we're not one of those companies that has like, thousands of clients and like 200 employees we're kind of much more bespoke oh sorry much more boutique there's about i think there's uh 15 of us and um we work with some cool clients and that type of thing but uh 
yeah, that's kind of how we got into the world of video advertising and YouTube advertising and everything else. So, yeah. Tom, uh, yeah, I love that, mate. I love that. I don't know if you noticed, my face lit up when you mentioned NLP. <laughs> I'm currently undergoing um, like a very intense um, coaching sessions at the minute with my coach learning NLP and empowered intelligence. I'm going to be certified nice. hopefully in February sort of time. Um, so when you mentioned that, I was I lit right up. So um, I suppose a question for you really is, obviously there's so many avenues with NLP, I presume obviously with the marketing and everything, you utilize it all in there and you copywriting and everything. But when you kind of went through the process yourself, I, I'm guessing you went through sort of the breakthroughs, the timeline therapy, et cetera, um, yourself having it done on you. How has that impacted your life? Yeah, hugely. Like I, I probably take it for granted more than I should. I think that like when coming to the back of psychology and just having that comfort with understanding how people tend to think and feel and believe in things, it is it becomes like everything I do now, um, not that I use it absolutely everywhere, but I would say that when it comes to ad campaigns and thinking about the customers we're trying to get in front of and what they're likely to be going through you can start to think a lot more about like, actually, hang on a second, this is probably what their life is like and this is the emotions they're likely to be feeling on a daily basis. They won't tell anyone, but they definitely will be feeling and they're the drivers behind why they buy, you know? So people think yeah. that, um, uh, let's say, for example, you're selling a product, like, a, okay, cool, I've got an iPhone here, for example. Like When you're selling a kind of a mobile phone like that, then there's so many phones that, probably do exactly the same as each other. They're kind of minute changes and like how much storage, what's a camera like, what the app's like. It's it's a phone is a phone. It'll do what you want it to do. And there might be one slightly different user interface to the next. But on the whole, you're looking at a pretty similar device each time. But the reason why you buy one brand versus another brand um, is because of the emotion that you feel around that brand, you know, so I buy Apple, I'm a sucker for this myself, um, but I buy Apple, I don't even know if there's a better phone on the market, there probably is, um, but I just don't care, because I'm like, I I bonded to Apple, that's kind of like part of almost my identity now, you know, like it's, it just sounds a weird thing to say, but the reason why I buy from that brand is not, I never look at actually what I'm buying, when it comes to actually buying the phone itself, it's like, I've already made the decision, now it's just a case of like, what colour, and how much storage, and then look at the price point. And be like, yeah. oh, it's getting quite expensive. I don't need that much storage. <laughs> and then kind of like, then I'm buying though. It's not a question of whether I'm buying or not. It's like I'm going to buy that. It's it, to get me to become a Samsung customer is going to be near impossible, you know. Um, but likewise, it will come down to like the cars you buy. You don't buy a car to get you from A to B. Otherwise, everyone would be driving the cheapest cars out there. You do buy cars because of the way it makes you feel. Maybe it gives you a certain level of status. Maybe it gets you. Um, gives you kind of a, a, a great feeling of like adventure when you get in the car. Um, different cars will give different things to you. And it's not about the wheels and the steering wheel and the kind of and the, and the seats. It's about the whole design and, and what it makes us feel as we drive it and what it says to other people about us as well. Like, I know I could never drive like a Lamborghini. Um, well, I could, obviously I could actually physically drive one. I, actually, I don't know if I could, but let's say I could. Um, there's definitely part of it. It's like, it just doesn't fit with my identity. It's not, I would feel uncomfortable in that car, you know, um, just not me. And that, and that's kind of maybe my just limiting 
feeling about myself, so to speak. But definitely, if I was to rock up and see my friends and drive in a Lamborghini, they'd be like, "What on earth has happened to you?" <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a, it's a, an identity piece, but that might be brilliant for some people as well. It's 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 just different people for different things, um, and uh, and so I'll drive a different type of car that makes me feel um, now I've got three kids safe and reliable, but also um got a bit stylish maybe but like within within the dad territory what well, this still makes me feel comfortable as a dad it's that's sad to say isn't it i mean i still I'm, i wish i was still in my 20s but i'm just not <laughs> i love that and what you said as well in terms of like um in terms of emotion like you know in in the sales industry in terms of a sale like 80 percent of a sales emotion and then 20 percent is logic so of what you've learned with nlp and obviously with your psychology degree like i'm fascinated by psychology myself as well um mm. you know a lot of it is down to emotion so i love that but in terms of like obviously the freedom lifestyle um listeners and the freedom lifestyle members um a lot of uh, um, our freedom lifestyle listeners are in their 20s so mm. if Say for anyone that's listening to this right now that would that really wants to start a YouTube channel or they've already got a YouTube channel, with all your knowledge, like what would be like your top piece of advice that you could give someone to either start a YouTube channel and to blow it up or someone that's already started but they're struggling with it? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, my advice would be different for different um, people. So if I was talking to a business, I'd say, right, Here's what you want to do. You want to create the best content you can and then put ad spend behind it and blow it up, basically. Um, I would recommend doubling down. Um, I'd really recommend doubling down on what you feel passionate about to start with. Like maybe even if it's a personal channel, like if you want to have a personal channel and a business channel, for example, um, I would I'd recommend you do that just because at that age, um, and and I I'm now like close to being 40. Um but I wish I'd found, it's going to sound so um, philosophical, but I wish I found my voice earlier. You know, like you're going to put out stuff that when you're 20 years later, you're going to look back a bit and be ridiculously embarrassed by it. But it's part of the journey. You know, you, you've got to start somewhere and starting today with something is what you need to do, right? Um, so if you're creating a YouTube channel, just start block, like start kind of like recording things that um you want to like what your passions are about you know um and and get into it as quickly as possible and try and find your voice and get and get feedback in the comments that kind of make you feel like crap half the time um but just go through that process and you get battle hardened you know you get good at this um and then you feel like cool you can hold your own you know how to present because i'll go and like it's not my world but i'll go and watch like mr beast at a conference for example or someone like that like some massive youtube channel owners and they don't worry about the content. What they do is they think about the thumbnail first of the video and they say, let's create the craziest, coolest thumbnail we can think of. Um, and once they've got it and they feel like that would be a really easy thing to click, like it just if you see it, you've got to click it. If they create that and they feel really good about it, then they're like, I know the content's going to be great. Like they don't have a concern about that at all. They just know they're going to be able to be themselves, create really engaging content, and that's just a given for them. So it's kind of the quicker people can get to that, the better. Like you know that in the future, YouTube's just going to be purely about like honestly. It's like if you think about like TV networks and where we're at these days. Um, when I was growing up, it would be like four channels on TV, and then Sky came along, and there's cable, and then there was like hundreds of channels, but they were all crap, right? Um, but you so you still had your like four basic channels that you would end up watching. 
I don't think I've watched anything on TV that's live that's actually been broadcasted like live at this moment in time, apart from football matches. That's the only thing I've been watching live, you know, like otherwise everything is recorded and I'll watch it on my own time. And I will, I've seen over the last few years that most of my watching has gone back to things like YouTube um, and other platforms like that to get the content I actually want to watch. And I'll, I'll spend far more doing that than I would actually watching my TV and my TV up on my wall it streams YouTube, but I'm very, very looking at it. So it, you, it's, it's such a transition and, and such an opportunity for um, you to just muck around for three years, just trying to find your voice and trying to find your presenting style and be really engaging and funny and develop what, what your own style is. Because then you can just apply that to when you find your passion and what you actually want to do and you think, right, I'm going to commit to that for the next five years, you know you're going to absolutely nail it. Um, so I would, I would, if there's... So some people are going to say, oh, go and create a course or um, or content about something in particular and then go sell that. I would probably be more a case of like try and find a passion that really like lights you up and then um, probably become an affiliate. That's what I would do for the first kind of um, three years or something like that. Talk about products you really love. Talk about things you really love doing um, about within your like zone of kind of genius of what you know about and then become an affiliate for other people's products um, because you're going to want to just get really, really good at kind of presenting and, and knowing what sells really well. And then, and then from the, off the back of that, it will kind of keep with you. Then you start developing your own courses and your own, um, own information or own products and uh, start selling those. Love that, Tom. I yeah. love that. Uh, oh, God, Callum. <laughs> No, I was, I was going to say, it made me think then about the whole thumbnail thing, like for me and you, Jacob, to be honest, it, it started making me think that that now is like, <laughs> cheers for the value, Tom. <laughs> yeah, we're good, we're good. Tom, that was fucking class, mate. But um, I suppose a good question for you then, if you were to flip back to your 20s now, when you were starting out in business, what what was your biggest regret of something that you didn't do but wish you did? Yeah, good question. The um, the biggest regret is I never got a mentor for the first five years. Ooh. And I feel like I had such yeah. an opportunity that kind of bypassed me a little bit. So um, I figured out this ad game, right? I figured out like, holy crap, if I spend money on Google, uh, I can make it turn into a lot more money very quickly by offering basically one-to-one services. And um, if I'd spoken to a mentor at that time, um, I, I had a good one, they would have been really helpful in saying, by the way, you've got the foundations of a great business here. Now go and find a salesperson and now go and find another kind of a coach or a, a therapist to help with people. So it's not just me doing the work all the time and, and get out of the day-to-day as quickly as possible by building team and building um and building the infrastructure and the, and the operations to be able to just sit, like not sit back, but then just grow a machine. You know, it was me doing everything. And whilst it was hyper profitable, it was so tiring, honestly. Like if I wasn't, I, I wouldn't be able to do it in my like late thirties, not a chance, but I, I would work like, um, for about 12 hours every day, one-to-one really hard focused. And then I'll get back and start selling on the, on the kind of phone to all the prospects that had got back to me. It was exhausting. And I even, look back and think that was such a stupid, stupid waste of my time in a way because I'd figured out something and I had to spend like four hours per session with someone. Um, and, um, and whilst it was hyper profitable, I was making like a grand and a half a day. 
and do it five days a week. I was like, that's more money than I could ever have dreamed of when I was getting started back in my twenties. So that's kind of like why I stopped like trying to grow it. But if I'd found a therapist and a salesperson and like just me just focused on marketing, I would have been like really growing that company. It, would, it was such an opportunity and such a moment where I was like, I, I wish I'd got more advice from people at that stage. I just didn't know that advice was available. But nowadays, like you can literally just Google stuff <laughs> and information is just, and really good information is just there for you, you know? Um, so it's kind of, that's kind of like probably my biggest regret is that I could have grown faster with help and I just didn't get the help. I love that. I love that. And in terms of like, for me and Jacob, this is the reason why we created Freedom Lifestyle. We've connected through, um, both of us have invested a lot since we've left university. We found university wasn't beneficial, but since investing in courses and getting mentors, it's been completely life-changing. So I completely see uh, your, your regret, but ultimately you still create what you were creating in your twenties is, was, was so successful. And what you've created now is amazing. So obviously the mission for me and Jacob is to help lads in their twenties, find their true purpose and escape the rat race. So my question to you, Tom is what is your purpose? Yeah, good question. So as, as multiple purposes, really, I think that like when you, when you start, um, so if I look at the company, in in and what we do in the company our purpose there is to um be profitable as a company that's obviously starting focus on there um the second thing is we always want to be pioneering and finding new ways and exploring different ideas and um and that's kind of something that's really deep within my kind of psyche i've always like looked at things and think i think we can do this better but just not just like little tweaks sometimes but actually like whole um, reset button. Like, let's, let's try this a different way. Um, and see if we can get better results. And I, I love that, um, exploration, so to speak, or we call it pioneering. Um, and, and, and also like partnerships as well to make sure that we really partner with our clients. Um, but also we, as team members, we partner with each other, you know, like if, if there's something, uh, that one person's doing that could need a hand, sometimes we step in and it's kind of not a case of like, well, that's not my job. That's not my task. That's not my role. It's like, we're in it together, you know? So th- there's kind of some real, like important values um and together like what we're trying to help people do is just create better content um and get that content seen by more people we kind of want the the good guys to win at the end of the day you know we want people who are who are really able to help other people get the light behind them that makes people think like i'm better off with that person in my life you know like so sometimes like i'll buy something from a brand that's quite a small brand um and and i'll like it, I, I kind of view it as like I've creaked open my door, so to speak, but I've let that brand into my life and they've been incredible and it's actually changed my life. And I'm like, that, that deserves, that brand deserves more light shined upon them. You know, like they, they deserve, deserve more exposure. And that's what I feel like we can do in the, in the company. You know, like that's kind of where it's like, right, we find those people that just are insanely good at what they do but they haven't got their marketing stuff together and they haven't got, they're not, they're not found by anybody, you know? And that's kind of where we like, Hey, like we can definitely get you found and help you improve your message. And that's what makes me feel really good at night. You know, when I'm like, crap, we're actually doing good job, good work um, because good products are getting found. Good people are getting found. Um, and the good guys are winning rather than just like how it's used to be like the big brands who can get away with kind of really bad stuff sometimes are getting like, just being the norm is like that those are the big companies to get away with things. So that feels, that feels really good. Um, a, a big purpose is like building the team 
and um, and it feels like you build a family when you kind of got a close knit team, and that's kind of important. I'm helping other people with their careers and growing and scaling, um, and then obviously three kids at home um, and, and an amazing wife. Like there, there comes a point where you're like, well, that is actually the only thing that really matters to me. Um, but uh, that's um, that's just inevitable, right? <laughs> as soon as you've got a family, you're like, that's that's everything, um, and uh, so yeah, so like it's difficult to say like my one purpose but i think that if it's if it's kind of on the business side of things it's like making the good guys win i think it would be kind of um love that making the good guys win ah belter tom i love that (laughs) i love it so before we wrap up then i suppose a question for you is what's the what's the goal five years from now yeah I think it's really difficult to know what that goal is. Like five years ago, I could have given you a bit more of a clearer insight, but like where we're at with uh, AI and where we're at with machine learning and um, and where we're at with like just like the political landscape as well as like loads of different opportunities that are like coming up. I, I literally don't know what's around the corner. Like these sorts of changes that happen with like AI, right? Um, you kind of like what months ago we started seeing AI and art. I'm sure you've seen this online where people like just type in something and all of a sudden like a, 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 an image is created. And you're like, that's damn good. That's really, really good. It's better than the artists can, some of the top artists have ever done in their lives, something that's done by a computer, all auto-generated in seconds. And now with um, uh, uh, GPT uh, chat and things, where you can literally just type in what you want and it gives you responses I'm like, holy crap, like we're not just on a little curve of saying, here comes AI. It's just exponential. You know what I mean? It's going to, I literally don't know what's going to happen almost next month. Like it could be the computers take over and the humans. It's, it's going to wipe out a lot of jobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going it to be so disruptive. You know? Yeah. It's so disruptive. Yeah, like they will. There's, 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 there's something that's really scary that, um, that like in in like things with IQ, it's such a good predictor of intelligence. And um, there are certain jobs that have been around for years for the for the lower IQ um, human beings. And an IQ is just an intelligent quotient on um, everybody, right? So it's like you're it, inevitably there's going to be people below 100 and some people above 100, and and that's just the way it's going to be forever, so to speak. Um, just that's the way it is. And and for the very low IQ individuals, there's always been things like factory work, or there's been it's been roles that have been um, very good for those, and they're just getting replaced so quickly. But that, as as kind of more and more roles get replaced, it's kind of going up through through the um, very very quickly, and so that's kind of quite a scary proposition because it means that there's going to be huge layoffs of people, and they won't be qualified enough to even retrain to do something else. And I think that's a scary prospect um, and that will massively disrupt everything. Um, so I, do you know what? I just don't know what happens, but what I do know is that if you keep on pioneering, if you keep on like looking and seeing what's out there and what opportunities are out in the environment in, in the future, you're going to be fine. You just want to make sure that you can think critically, you know, like, so I know that, um, uh, I don't know what your experience was like at college or university and things like that. I think you kind of, didn't have the best time maybe um i think what you just said a second ago callum or something um yeah so yeah i didn't learn a thing (laughs) okay fine yeah so so one thing the education aside from universities one thing that i used to really appreciate about university was the fact that you had to sit with others and discuss 
uh, a topic, you know, and so you had to think about things and be challenged and challenge the thinking yourself as well. Um, and that in its environment, I think is like, just helps you learn to be like real good critical thinkers. And that's kind of like such a skill set that you don't, I haven't seen that happen anywhere else. It's very rare for a workplace to have that um, place where people can have opinions and they can be in a safe space to be challenged upon those opinions, um, but be heard as well. It's kind of that, that for me only really happens at very good schools and universities that I've seen. Um, but it's such a skill to look out into the future and say, right, what opportunities are there? And can I think about those things critically? Like, and can I, can I step back from it and be like, actually, hang on a second, how do I actually think about this? And what's the opportunity for me? Rather than just hearing what other people have to say, it's like, people are going to always be selling you something. And so it's a case of like deciphering what the truth really is. Um, and if you're able to sit back and, and look at what the future holds, you can then be like, okay, cool. That's kind of something I can do. That's something I'm going to focus on. Um, and so it's, it's a case of like seeing what emerging tech is happening, seeing what's happening in the, in, um, in kind of like the news and just being like, keeping your ears to the ground and being like, if you can get passionate about something like that now, man, you're going to have the whole future set up for you because no one knows what they're doing. Like you can look at me and I might be good at YouTube ads, but my God, I don't have a clue what I'm doing half the time in, in, in lots of different ways, you know? So it, everything is right for disruption, which is great. So if you're young and you're, when I say young, when I mean like in your twenties um, and you're getting into this field and you're seeing like so much change it's just the perfect place to be right now. It's so exciting, so much opportunity. There's so much change happening. And I really feel like the, um, the amount of um, confidence you have and the amount of time you have in your 20s, if you can dedicate that to focusing on new areas of, of um, um, your own passions and see where the future's going, man, it's, it's a very, very exciting time. I, I, I'm envious of this opportunity for a lot of people that are kind of in their 20s. Um, because as soon as you get into your thirties and you're and close to your forties, you're going to be having families and kids and you start to slow things down a little bit. And that's where you need to learn how to delegate more work and, and have a team around you to help you, you know, um, and you become much more efficient as a result. But, um, yeah, you, in your twenties, you've got time, you've got kind of, you can make multiple mistakes and who gives a crap, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's like you, you're in a, such a cool, exciting place. Um, and in your mid thirties and you're like, okay, I should probably get my shit together now. But before that time, just explore, just kind of get into your passion, see what you really like thrive about, think about things carefully. And it's going to be a very, very bright future for everybody in that, in that way. That's it. It's like, it's, it's the best time to take risks in your twenties, but Tom absolutely love this podcast. Where can people actually find you? And obviously if people are aspiring YouTubers or already have a YouTube account, where, where can they find you, Tom? Yeah. So on YouTube, um, it's Tom Breeze TV. You can go to that channel. Um, that's the handle. Um, you can find us on, um, on most social platforms. I'm all around Tom Breeze. <laughs> just type in YouTube Tom Breeze and I'm sure you're going to find me in the end. Um, but then website wise, uh, we got, um, viewability.co.uk. That's the agency site. And then we also have, um, our software is, uh, com. So B I D U R K, uh, com. And, um, and yeah, like, if anyone wants to reach out and just say hello or whatever you want to do or ask me any questions then uh yeah feel free facebook's normally the best place to go for that amazing amazing i'll put all that in the in the description as well but it's been quality really grateful for your time everybody listening to this go out there and have a fucking class day 
Adios. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast. Myself and Jacob run a free community on WhatsApp with over 200 entrepreneurial lads in their 20s, escaping the rat race without doing it alone, feeling overwhelmed and burning out. I don't know whether you want to scroll down now, click the Freedom Lifestyle Community link, take a short quiz in under two minutes to join for free. I can't wait to see you in there.